This podcast may contain explicit language. Welcome to the Dynasty Download, the show where we prove Dynasty League fantasy is the best form there is. I'm Tom Duncan. Co-host, Ethan Hamilton. And we're back here for Season 2 of the 2021-2022 Fantasy Football Season. If you'd like to contact the show or have a question for us, please write us at DynastyDownload10 at gmail.com. You can also contact us via the website that will be clicked on or linked in the show notes. Also, if you'd like to be on our mailing list this year or going forward, please contact us there, especially as we head into the offseason, either by the email address, dynastydownload10 at gmail.com, or by going to the website. There is a subscribe button at the bottom of that. We'll be putting up some new content as we go along over the course of the offseason, as well as as we head into the next season. But this is really where we separate ourselves as a show and a league format. You're not going to get better NFL offseason and both NFL and rookie draft coverage than right here. So a few shows we are planning on coming up. We are going to be doing our State of the League series as we review everyone's teams from our league and uh, the 2020 draft that was. We'll be doing, I guess you could say, mini pods as we go along. We're going to be doing these in short spurts where we review everyone's team. So all 10 teams will be up in a series as we go along. We're also going to be doing a free agency special, a pre-draft special, a during the draft coverage special. So with each night of the draft, we'll be trying to hit you up, whether that's with Ethan or myself or both. Uh, we might also have some special special guests. I know we have some pre-draft uh, special guests planned. Uh, post-draft ranking special we will also have once we get to that point in May, and you won't want to miss that one as we head into the actual fantasy drafts of the offseason. We're also going to be doing some different rules exploration during the course of the summer, so please follow the show as we get into Season 2. You can also catch us on our draft coverage on Twitter at TJ3Duncan or at Hammy2112. So, we're going to do these few mini-episodes on each member of our league's teams, starting with Rogers Rabbits. All right, we're going to go position by position. First up, we have quarterback, and this is kind of an interesting one for Rogers Rabbits. They made a, made a mid-season trade with uh, my co-host here, uh, giving up Kyler Murray. They kept Russell Wilson, and they still have a banged-up, I guess you could say, situation with uh, uh, Joe Burrow being on the IR to end the season. So from the quarterback position, how do you think they're situated, ranked generally throughout the league at the moment? I think you're sitting pretty with a uh, with their quarterback situation. You got Russ uh, and you have Joe Burrow, who is a young up-and-comer, who was doing really, really well before he, he hurt his knee. I got rid of him right at the right time and I don't think I go on a run unless I do make that trade, but I think the future is super bright for Joe Burrow. He's got a really nice receiver in T Higgins as well that he'll be able to grow with. With Russ, the interesting question for him is who is he going to be playing for next year? Is it going to be Seattle or is it going to be someplace else? But I think wherever Russ goes, he's going to be a pretty, pretty significant impact on a team. So I think you're sitting pretty with the quarterback situation. I actually tend to go the other way a little bit. 
So because of all the question marks with Russ, how bad he was in the second half of the season last year as far as fantasy point output, and the fact that you don't know when Burrow is going to be back or how he's going to do with that surgically repaired knee, there are a lot of question marks between these two guys. If Russ goes to a new team, is he going to have a new system? If he doesn't go to a new team because I don't think that he's really trying to force his way out, but I think he is trying to exert his power from the quarterback position, kind of in a, a certain power play moving, move in the same way that Deshaun Watson is, is that going to impact what Pete Carroll's comments were to end the offseason, or excuse me, the postseason, when we said that they want to run the ball more? So I think there's a bit of a struggle in that one, and I'm not sure that Russell Wilson uh, is going to be the great fantasy quarterback we've seen for the last several years, particularly because he's not running the ball nearly as much as he used to. You have to almost have some type of running quarterback or somebody with a run-type element in order to add that piece to your, or to your arsenal as a fantasy quarterback. All of the top guys, with the exception of maybe Tom Brady, have some type of running element to their game. So is he's kind of in the decline of his career as a fantasy option? And then Burrow, again, I just don't know when he's going to be back. I like the way he looked, but that injury, you don't know how he's going to do. So I think this is a little bit more of an open-ended thing than I would have said had he had Kyler Murray and Russell Wilson, where I would have said Murray, being a top-five guy, would have been the guy that would have been the starter going forward. I still think Russell Wilson, you'd think if you can rest on what he was before, is probably a better option, but it's it's a little bit more open-ended for me. Let's go over to running backs. And this one's kind of an interesting one. He had uh, Josh Jacobs and Saquon Barkley to start the year last year. You would imagine those two being his top two backs. Now, with the Packers declining today of all days to re-sign Aaron Jones on the franchise tag, uh, I know that they, the thought right now in Green Bay is that they're going to try and re-sign Aaron Jones regardless. But his draft did include A.J. Dillon and J.K. Dobbins. So at minimum, you're talking about Josh Jacobs, J.K. Dobbins, and Saquon Barkley being the starting backs for this team. How do you think this uh, running back stable stacks up in the league? I think it's pretty nice. Uh, Josh Jacobs, I think he was below expectations, but I think he showed flashes of who he could really be as a running back. He also has Marlon Mack sitting down there as well, who was doing very, very well before his injury, too. J.K. Dobbins, I like a lot, but I have some questions about his ultimate potential how high his ceiling can truly go with Lamar Jackson being there. Lamar Jackson leads the team in rushing all the time and attempts even in, in rushing yards as well. Goal line carries, he's going to be one that takes away from J.K. Dobbins. But you can't argue with what J.K. Dobbins was doing and how well he fits in the, in the offense. The only thing that I feel that limits J.K. Dobbins is his receiving and Lamar Jackson. But I think it's a pretty nice stable of four very solid running backs. I think running backs are in the same way that quarterbacks need a running element in order to be a top performer. I think certain running backs with the lone exception being Derrick Henry need a pass catching element. Josh Jacobs did not have a huge pass catching element. JK Dobbins could cause he showed it at Ohio state, but unfortunately Baltimore does not throw the football. And I don't think somebody like AJ Dillon necessarily has that currently in his game. So now you're looking at Saquon Barkley, who's coming off of two 
uh, back-to-back injuries to end his season. I don't know what he's going to be. I don't know what the Giants are going to be or how he's going to be utilized. We saw at portions of the second half of last year what the Giants' running back situation could be because of uh, how they were running the football, especially, I think, about, what, weeks 8 through about 13, 15, somewhere in that range. Uh, I like the guys that are all up there, but I don't think this is as strong a group as I would have said going into last year. I still think that this is better than what some of the running back situations we're going to view on some of the other league members, but it's certainly not that top tier that we might have established when Barkley was possibly getting drafted with McCaffrey, uh, you know, one, two in the last couple of years. So I look for Dobbins to have a little bit more of a breakout next year where he's clearly going to be the number one back. Josh Jacobs, I think, had a little bit of an underperforming year, so he could come back with a little bit more strongly um, with the Raiders. And I I think the Raiders figured out that Jacobs is not a guy who can carry the rock 25 times a game and be the most effective. He's better off if he's getting 15 to 20 carries a game. So maybe they figure out how to work his efficiency a little bit better. And I'm still curious what Saquon's going to be coming off of that injury. The Green Bay situation is wide open, but... Again, I think this is in the upper half of the league of running back situations, especially given where I know some of the other players to be. All right, wide receiver situation. Now, this one was kind of interesting. He came into the year with Michael Gallup and, excuse me, uh, Michael Thomas being his, so Michael Gallup, Michael Thomas as his top two wide receivers. Right now, you would say... Deontay Johnson's probably his top receiver. He picked up Brandon Cooks, who had a strong finish to the season with Houston. You're still waiting to see what the Deshaun Watson situation is going to be. He also had Marquise Brown, Nelson Aguilar. Still got Michael Thomas, Michael Gallup, but who knows where some of those guys are going to be. He's got Cole Beasley on his bench. How do you see this wide receiver core, again, in context of the league? Is it in the upper half, lower half? Where are we looking at? I think it's the lower half of the league. There's a lot of teams that have a lot of good wide receivers on their squad. I think by far this is his. Um, I think by far this is his least functioning. I guess there's just a lot of pieces that I just don't think fit. A lot of guys that are third and fourth options on his team that he really filled out the rest of his roster with. Cole Bleasley had a really good year. Nelson Aguilar had a career year. I don't think he'll have another one that good ever again. Marquise Brown, we really don't know who he is or what he is as a wide receiver yet. Darius Slayton, he's the best wide receiver in New York, but that's not really saying all that much. Anthony Miller, he was one, and I know the Bears were super excited when they drafted him. Same when they drafted Kevin White as well. It's just I don't think he's going to pan out to be the guy that we think he's going to be. And Michael Thomas is not who he was. And I think a lot of that has to do with Drew Brees as well. So it's a tough situation, but I think there's a lot of good wide receiver talent in the draft, in the rookie draft that's coming up. So just work to be done really for his wide receiver room. He's going to be in the uh, bottom half, or I guess the upper half of the draft picks, uh, missed the playoffs this year. And I would agree, this is probably his weakest position group. Deontay Johnson had a really good year, but 
his problem was kind of staying healthy, the same a little bit with Brandon Cooks. And I think they were more made by necessity than um, any particular talent set. That's not to say that these aren't good players, but Brandon Cooks was really hot at the end of the year because he was pretty much the only decent wide receiver that Houston had at that point. Deontay Johnson was kind of the slot underneath guy, uh, and Pittsburgh was getting rid of the ball, a lot of passes, a lot of quick passes, so he was making a lot of his points off of receptions, especially in PPR format. I look at this, again, as being kind of an open question because really there's nobody I look at and say, yeah, that's a guy I'm banking on as a top 20 wide receiver going into next season because Deontay Johnson is going to probably be back with Pittsburgh. We already know that Ben Roethlisberger is going to be back, and we still don't know what the situation is going to be in New Orleans for Michael Thomas. Uh, Nelson Aguilar is a free agent. Brandon Cooks, uh, what's the Hughes or Deshaun Watson situation going to be? He's got two Bears receivers on this team. Darnell Mooney was actually the better of the two when you uh, compare it to Anthony Miller, and we still don't know what their quarterback situation is going to be. So I think this is going to get sorted out a little bit over time. I do like Cole Beasley as another piece because of how well he played last year, and clearly he was gutting it out. But you know, when you're relying on Marquise Brown to be a top four guy, uh, it's going to be slim pickings. That is to say, though, that in the last few years, we've seen a lot of receivers hit early, especially after last year. And while I don't think this is as uh, heavy a wide receiver draft as last year's class was, I still think this is a very good wide receiver draft, especially at the top. So if he has the opportunity going wide receiver early on one of those guys like a Jamar Chase or Devontae Smith, depending on where they end up, could really benefit his wide receiver core and put him in um, good position to compete because we saw wide receivers really carry a lot of teams to the playoffs last year. All right, tight ends is the last position group because, well, let's face it, we don't give a fuck about kickers or defenses. So he's got Logan Thomas, who had a strong finish to the year with the Washington football team but is a free agent as well as Jonu Smith, who was often hurt, had a really good start to the season, but because of injuries and uh, the fact that he just couldn't stay on the field, was not as utilized for Tennessee as they went uh, forward into the playoffs. And he is also a free agent. So I think a lot of this has yet to be sorted out. I like the talent of both players, but I want to see what the fit is going to be yet. What do you think? Absolutely. 110%. I love the talent of Logan Thomas. I think he picked him up mid-season as well. A guy that I, I know I went searching for on the waiver wire and found out that he was already on the team. But you're right. You you don't know where these guys are going to be in that, especially at the tight end. That is the biggest question. So question marks for me for the tight end position. All right. So at this point of the show, we're going to label everybody as one of the following. Title contender, on the rise, declining, rebuilding, or basement dwelling. Which one of these five categories does Rogers Rabbits fall into for you? For me, it's rebuilding. I think he just has a couple of pieces that he needs to, if, if things click for him like I think they were and like I thought that they would have last year before all the injuries, I think if he gets a couple of wide receivers and those wide receivers hit, I think he's right back up there contending where I thought he would be last year. So I'm going to put in rebuilding. Because the two biggest parts of his team, Saquon Barkley and Michael Thomas, that were top five picks going into last year's draft, 
had really tough seasons. He had a lot of injuries. He had a lot of guys who just didn't hit last season. I think there's nowhere to put him but in that rebuilding category because I think he has too much potential to be in a decline or in a basement dwelling situation. But I can't label him on the rise because none of his players are in that promising younger phase. It's whether some of these guys return to their previous glory or whether he can hit a couple of newer guys that can put his team on that on the rise category. Again, if he gets some of these guys, if Saquon or Michael Thomas comes back to what they were a couple of years ago, then we're talking about a title contender. But right now I would have to agree with you. Rebuilding is where I would put them. So let's just take a quick look at their 2020 draft and their draft results. With the sixth overall pick, they took J.K. Dobbins. With the 16th overall pick, they took A.J. Dillon. With the 26th pick, Blake Jarwin. 36th pick, Greg Zerline, the kicker from Dallas. I don't even think Greg Zerline survived the entire year. The 46th pick, they took Buffalo. The 56th pick, they took Corey Davis. And their last pick, the 66th pick, Andy Isabella from Arizona. Now, I don't think either of the last two are on his team currently. I think he also cut Blake Jarwin, uh, who got hurt, I think, in either Game 1 or Game 2 for Dallas before being out for the rest of the year. Buffalo was uncharacteristically bad on defense last year, despite their record and how good they were on offense. So, really, the only two primary members of this draft ended up being J.K. Dobbins and A.J. Dillon. So if I asked you to give it a letter grade, how would you say or rate his 2020 draft? I would probably say C, and that's being generous, I think. I think I might give it, I'll give it a B minus because I like Dobbins. I like what A.J. Dillon can do, but the fact that Green Bay is still making an active push to re-sign Aaron Jones gives me a little bit of pause. I would have taken A.J. Dillon had he still been there with uh, the pick I eventually took Michael Pittman Jr. with. Um, I picked Justin Jefferson just ahead of A.J. Dillon. As uh, I was debating between A.J. Dillon and Justin Jefferson, I think I took the right one on that one, but then uh, I would have taken Dillon myself, thinking he would have been the starter this year. Obviously, that has gone out the window a little bit. So I'll give it a B-, minus, but it's somewhat incomplete to me yet because I'd like to see where Dillon lands up, or excuse me, winds up. I still think Dobbins is probably a top 15 dynasty back at this point, so I think that was a good pick, but the rest of the draft really didn't pan out for him. All right. So that takes care of Rogers Rabbits. Thank you to all the listeners and Dynasty players out there. We appreciate you. We will be back again soon to continue our off-season coverage. But until then, wear a mask. Talk to you soon. This podcast was mixed, produced, and edited by Thomas Duncan. It is a production of Ronnie Duncan Studios. Our technical provider and distributor is Anchor FM. <laughs>